everyone, and welcome to The Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And we've got two really exciting brief announcements to make before we get into this mini. Stu, do you want to go first or should I go first? You can go first. Why Why do you ask me? What? Now I'm all nervous. <laughs> because, I, because I trust you and also I play mind games with you. It's oh, trust okay. that I weaponize, throw you off balance. I do seem uh, to remember us working out the order of things before the uh-huh. show. Yeah. And then you threw merely it all the, immediately Merely by the asking. distribution, not the order, merely the distribution. Elliot knows that I love erotic mind games. And so we thought, maybe I should just take the erotic element out and just mm-hmm. do a straight mind game. Turns out, don't like that. No, he only likes it when it's a, only when it's a web, a of, web seduction of seduction deceit. and betrayal, not just yeah. betrayal. Uh, and the web he's okay with. Uh, for more about sexy webs, turn to our previous mini about the 10 sexiest gremlins. But first, I have a brief mention. Later in the episode, I'll give you more information. But I wanted to remind our listeners that Flop TV our six-episode, once-a-month live streaming series is coming to you. You can get tickets at theflophouse.simpleticks.com, but I'll tell you more about that series of live streaming shows later in the episode. And Stu? Can you believe it, guys? Next week is our 400th regular Flophouse episode. Whoa! 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 That's... Bonkers. I mean, that's, and, it's, and we didn't even do the movie that, Bonkers, which no. I'm sure exists. Dan, that's what? That's what? 388 more episodes than Faulty Towers? Can you believe <laughs> that's it? That's true. We're uh-huh. that much better than Faulty Towers. Uh-huh. <laughs> take that, John Cleese. Uh, he'll probably take it with a really, uh, you know, like really contemporary sense of <laughs> relevance. True. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted what comedy should be. He wanted to respond like a crotchety old man. Yeah. Uh, 400 Dan. episodes. It's a big milestone. It'd be a bigger milestone if, like many other shows, we were weekly or we didn't have uh, movie minutes or minis that mess up the. the, Techni- the technically, it is going to be like our 550th episode, really. <laughs> yeah, but, something like that. But for our regular full length episodes where we That's talk true. about a full movie, 400 next week. Oh, my goodness. And Stuart, what special movie treat do we have for the listeners this time? Elliot and Dan gave me this big-ass list of movies, and I'm like, no, there's only one movie on this list that I think fulfills all the criteria of what our 400th episode should be. I said episode. Who knows what I'm doing there? It's some kind of a bit. <laughs> because it's a show. Uh, it's an episode of a show. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, you, thank you. Inhibited by the ghost of uh, of Sean Connery. Uh-huh. Yep. Or inhabited, even. Yeah. <laughs> a little no, bit of both. No, he came in and he messed up with my mouth. Um, <laughs> the We are going to be uh, – we're going to watch and talk about – Troll 2, the best worst movie, but we're not actually talking about the documentary best worst movie that's based on the movie Troll 2. We're talking about Troll 2, <laughs> based a movie on the that movie. I've that's definitely a, that's seen about the movie once. Troll 2. It's not based on the movie <laughs> Troll 2. <laughs> It's From not an, an adaptation of the story, yeah. <laughs> but we, a Troll 2, so Stuart, had you seen, well, I mean, we'll talk about this in the next episode, but had you seen this movie before or no? I had, but it was a very long time ago. It was oh, at, okay. like, it was at one of those Bad movie nights of yesteryear where friends would cluster around a table eating snacks out of bowls provided by somebody's mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we would enjoy the hell out of something that we found at a video store. Fermented liquid. Oh, I guess not if you're hanging out with some and so someone's mom. Well, no, uh, Stuart, Stuart my was mom a grown still up. brings me bowls and <laughs> drinking vessels filled okay. with yeah. fermented liquid. Stuart, Stuart was, it, this was when Stuart was 27, but he was hanging out with 14-year-olds. Right. Yeah, 14-year-old <laughs> kids, yeah. And, and just that's, going to mom's houses, yeah. I provide him beer. That's the reason. Actually, now, uh-huh. I, now I have an image of Stuart as a college student dating a mom and hanging out with the mom's kids watching bad movies. And there's got something kind of heartwarming about that. I got offered that a lot when I worked at the hobby store, but... By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Well, that's what we're talking about next week. Troll 2. I can't wait. It's super fun. 
Uh, that'll be our 400th episode. 400 episodes, guys. I'll save my congratulations for next week. Until then, I'll say, get back to work, lazy bones. <laughs> okay, well, I guess Don't rest my, on your laurels or your hardies. My cue, which is... Um, so leave that part, Alex. <laughs> uh, regular listeners know that the so-called main episodes, the ones where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about them, and then the minis... The ones, quote, are, on main... Yeah, a, a, a phrase that we invented. When we're horny in an episode, <laughs> that is one of the main episodes, <laughs> as you all know. Yeah. Um, and then on the off weeks, that's every other week, we do um, a mini episode, often about as long as one of the main episodes, a little a little shorter. Tiny, close, yeah. Just, it's a discount just, episode. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. We kind of do whatever. Yeah, and, we, keep, um, we keep it pretty loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> do we? Uh, Just like an audio also, sloppy Joe doesn't get also, any looser. We're in a we're in a very hot room, so who knows where this episode's going to go? Yeah, I'm very close to uh, removing my Stripping shirt off, and exposing yeah. you all to my aging body. <laughs> Yay! Wow! Uh, um, yes, please. Meanwhile, I'm in a room that is air conditioned, so I'm willing to go as long as it takes, guys. Oh, I'm just going to keep this episode rolling. Oh, no. Woo! Um, so look, it's no secret that the world has been a difficult place to be in and we got no other place to go it's the world we can't we can't go somewhere else uh-huh. without uh opting out entirely which is not just, necessarily a good yeah you were no. just telling me the other day how much you're you think it's getting harder and harder for a straight white male no. comedy let's swerve away from that and said i'll say that i you're dan you're right it's just like king gizzard and the lizard wizard said there is no planet b it's just yeah. it's just this one. And so uh, it is harder to do things. I mean, it's I look at the world around me and I'm like, whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> Milkman, the paperboy, evening TV, everywhere mm-hmm. you look. Anyway. You had everything you needed. It. Milk to drink, a paper to read, and a TV to watch. <laughs> yep. Um, no. So, Dan, so you take this as an endorsement of Nikki Haley's recent tweet about how things were much better <laughs> when we were younger? Again, no, it's not— <laughs> I wish I wish that I wish that Nikki Haley was exactly right so she'd be like, remember when things were easier when you were younger and you went home and the Disney afternoon was two Many. hours of programming that you could just sit and watch and yeah. then Saved by the Bell reruns would start on two different channels? Many of the reasons the world is more difficult are because of things that Nikki Haley would approve of. But we're not going to get into that's true. That's true. We're not going to get into political. Dan, come on, we don't need to. It's just been a. It's just been a difficult time for a lot of people. Uh, You know, we had a we had a pandemic, et cetera. A pandemic. Uh, uh huh. What? No, keep going. What is that? (laughs) It sounded like you said pandemic, like like with a T, like it was an Mm. epidemic of pants. Yeah. Well, I mean. I guess there is kind of an epidemic of pants going on. Like, I we're most, wearing them. A lot of people are wearing them. Like, yeah. you know, they're, yeah, they're all over the place. You see yeah. some skirts and dresses and yeah. kilts, and of course it's like shorts. It, it's but, like some of them are like skinny. Some of them are blousey. Mm-hmm. Some of them are bell bottom, high rise. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some like some of that- them are on top of boots with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's a, that's a particular form started. of jeans uh, that are shaped <laughs> particularly around the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my point is, I thought let's let's talk about some nice stuff. Let's talk about some nice stuff, and uh, you know, with and why we can't have it. Episode <laughs> why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, with a four hundredth episode coming up. Um, yeah, let us discuss some things that we do. I'm going to lead us into discussion of things that we, the Flophouse, do. Uh, the individual members for ourselves, things we enjoy. Uh, it seemed like a, a nice topic, also a get-to-know-you topic. You know, 400 episodes in is the time to do it. <laughs> time so, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. to know so us, yeah. Um, meet the floppers. Yeah, and also, this has a secondary purpose, which is um, I have 
many fine qualities as a person, but I also yeah, have of course many, you do. many negative qualities. And one of them is I'm not that good at asking people personal questions about themselves. I was brought up in the Midwest where I think this was looked upon as prying rather than showing an interest in other humans, which uh-huh. is yeah. how, uh, uh, you know, most adults that I've encountered have taken it. And, and so thus I come off to many people uh, until, until I know them. And even afterwards. You come off like, what, aloof. cold, aloof, yeah, self-absorbed. Yeah. They call him an ice man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank That's you, what, Stuart, you what they for say. providing <laughs> yeah. multiple Handsome, options. snugglable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for looking up. So this is also a chance for me to to test my question asking uh, uh, skills. Yeah, and, I, and I'll share share my own stuff too. But let's you know let's start off not with me. Let's start off with let's, uh, uh, let's with, turn the with Stuart, turn the, who oh. boasts of he he was boasting of all of the self care he does <laughs> on, our, <laughs> on our text chain in in uh, what is it in. Uh, Opposition to Elliot, who is very busy with a lot of family life and doesn't maybe. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping to inspire Elliot a little here. Uh, I, I appreciate. Yeah, since I feel like we do, we are in a sort of the change up type situation, Stuart, where you're you're as a life of freewheeling hedonism and mine is a life of responsibility, and we just <laughs> find, we got to find I mean, a fountain to pee in. We got to feed a fountain. He is a he is a small business owner. It doesn't sound like a a small business owner, of, but his business is also a place of freewheeling hedonism. He does yeah. run the, <laughs> the bar that let me read New York Magazine. As the most sex partiest libation zone in New York. <laughs> Stuart's stories to me are, are are mostly about things he's had to unclog, though. Yeah, so I do, he, I do hear yeah, a lot yeah. of stories from him about cleaning things out of bathrooms S- of sorry various I'm sizes. Late. My, I had a plumbing issue, <laughs> euphemism not intended. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Things I do. Well, <laughs> Self-care. I mean, well, honestly, you know, some of that's just between me and my OnlyFans creator. Uh, but I guess that's not entirely just for me because okay. I do exchange money for services. Sure. I mean, it is only for fans. And, and and I don't know, the occasional loving comment. Did I, I don't know if I ever told this story on, on air. Uh, but my <laughs> Probably <number> one, not, <laughs> based on where you? this has been done. <laughs> my number one favorite interaction I ever saw on, like, an OnlyFans site, a creator had posted, a, like, a sexy pic, and there was a single comment under that pic, and it was from user J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. and the comment read, Wank time, <laughs> and I spit out my drink onto my phone. Thank God. Well, <laughs> you know, you know that like most humans usually wank once a day or maybe twice, but hobbits wank up to five times a day. They yeah, have little yeah. wanks throughout. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten into a weird area almost immediately, but I do want to say like this is always like the, the, the feeling. The, the J.R.R. Tolkin masturbation area that we didn't expect <laughs> us to get into. Yeah, I mean, this is always the feeling that I see whenever like. A, a site that has uh, porn on it also has a comment section for the uh-huh. porn where it's like people are like posting time codes and whatever. And it's just and like, like Minecraft tips. It's like, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't need the exact moment that you achieved orgasm. That's like, I don't need That's what to, the time code's for? I, <laughs> I think that it's a, it's an expression of extra appreciation uh, for Dan, whatever Dan, happened. So you're saying, that. Dan, you're saying <laughs> you've never- It's like never, using a digital highlighter. <laughs> Yeah. Dan, you've never listened to a, a song and been like, this drum solo, it's amazing. Hold on, you got to hear this. And handed the headphones to, say, Zach Braff in the waiting room of, <laughs> I don't know, a, a doctor's office or something. I feel and like changed I'm, his life. Yeah, you changed his life. I feel like life. I'm a, a pretty sex-positive person. I don't need 
comments. I will say, no, my, okay. I will say the the uh, the I was I was recently reading a survey of comments <laughs> left on left on porn videos that where they were they were kind of classifying it into the different kinds, and you have those, and you have the comments where it's like making fun of the video that they just watched, <laughs> which I feel is funny because it's like what we do, but for pornography. What we do, but for pornography and the amateur level of that. But then there's also, you get very real, <laughs> you get very real comments from people that are like about how sad they are. And it's like- mm-hmm. It's like, it's, I'm going on a date for my first time, guys, wish me luck. And like 10 people are like, good luck, bro. I can't, uh, fill us in, Well, that's cetera, Well, that's one, of the, that's one of the amazing things about the internet these days is, I mean, you see this, I guess, a lot on Reddit where it's like someone is, finally someone has a place to get like, I know there's a lot of negative feedback on the internet, mostly, but you can mm-hmm. find places where people can like get like- Like this podcast po- sometimes. Exactly, yeah. You can get uh, like positive feedback and support from people about things that, are hard to get support about in regular life. There was a, uh, there was a, this is this is another thing I was reading about a while back where this guy had a sex fantasy involving a woman dressed as a clown and he wanted mm, to make sure. it happen. And he got so much positive support from people online on Reddit and they were like, yeah, you're doing it. This is great. They were all very, they were all really happy for him. So no, that's great. Thing, yeah, that's really. This kind of thing you can't you can't go to your parents and ask for that. Probably. Yeah, in, in theory, not. So yeah. uh, <laughs> to, to, to let to get back to, to my actual uh, self care, I, I, as like Dan said, I do a lot of things for self care. I have structured my life around taking care of myself. It's something that I have a tendency not to do. So I'm trying to put an effort into things just for me. Um, I I I think. I think Dan at least can uh, identify with this, and Elliot as well, that I occasionally fall into caretaker mode where I try and put other mm-hmm. people's mm-hmm. Uh, needs and wants before my own. Um, Better than but, when you fall into soul taker mode where you have to walk the earth, reaping the souls of the newly dead. Exactly, although that's pretty cool. Can I go around with my <laughs> infant son, Daigoro? <laughs> you have to, yeah. Oh, uh, that's part of the, the requirements. Yeah. So uh, so one of the big things I do is I, I work out quite a bit. I go to the gym four days a week, and on off days, I usually do at least some kind of cardio and uh, resistance training at home. Uh, I know that, like, working out is for the betterment of my health, but, like, really, I'm lifting weights so I can have, like, an hour and a half by myself listening to music and have nobody able to, like, interrupt that time. Now, Stuart, that's interesting, but I can't visualize it. Is there any way I could possibly see videos <laughs> of you lifting heavy things? I mean, honestly, my TikTok and Instagram is primarily those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, I mean, what, here's here's the question and answer period. <laughs> what is, oh, wow. uh, what do you think it is about weightlifting in particular that caught your fancy when maybe other exercise... I mean, I think a big part of it is like this being able to watch like slow incremental progress. Like, uh, like I growing up, I had some weight issues and mm. it led to some body issues that were caused by my parents. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> as I, so I'm, I'm not a big fan of weighing myself. I find that like chasing that kind of number to be really um, bad for me mentally. But like having a number like, like the weight that I'm lifting and seeing the amount that I'm able to lift go up steadily, you know, each month. And especially at the beginning when you start weightlifting, you see those numbers jump really rapidly. And then it's it's also like I'm a sucker for routine of that kind of thing. So like being able to go to the gym and know this is what I'm going to do. I have my rest times. I get to listen to my music. I like, I count down. I, you know, and, and, just having this, like the habit of it, I find really uh, peaceful, like calming. Um, 
see, this is where you learned that I, I like, I was like thinking of questions uh, through the entire thing, and and it, and I, and I'm sure You're just I had thinking one. about thinking about my uh, my. I'm thinking my about your sick games. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I get, have you done any? Have you done any like weight training? Uh, there was a period when I worked for Columbia University in a administrative position, like a, a you know just, you know, doing uh, filing and such that I had a discount for the gym there and I would do weights uh, every other day and running yeah. every other day. I, I don't think I ever, I like, I, to me, well, I guess that was the question that I, I was trying to remember. To me, like, I was always worried so much about form, always worrying about like what I, like whether I was doing was right. Like whether, uh -huh. like it, I did not see gains as you would say and do you think that's just because i wasn't working with someone i know that you have someone who advises you about like what to yeah, do yeah i mean i i definitely recommend if you're interested in getting into weight training to get a trainer and for me that's also a big part of it is having somebody to keep me accountable and also to get excited for my progress uh like when i when i like beat a personal record and he's there like the look on his face is so is so rewarding <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think part of it is uh, you want to you want to work with a trainer so you can get your form right, and also to get some kind of a plan that you uh, so that you're you're making sure that you hit all your different muscle groups, and you're also giving your muscle groups time to rest so that you're not just overworking the same one over and over. Because I know you probably went in there and you're like biceps, biceps, biceps. Mm -hmm. You're like, I want to. I'm working on these mirror muscles. Yeah, I want to be Popeye. Although that, those are <laughs> yeah. forearms mostly, but yeah, uh, those are yeah. forearms. Yeah. And you started with the you started with the anchor tattoo, and you were like, <laughs> "And I'll get the forearms to fit with these huge tattoos that I put on." Every tattoo artist, it. when he has to do one of those, he's like, "Ugh, another one, <laughs> another pop I want to be." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have their dating profile. Just looking for my olive oil, they say. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> little pipe uh, out of the corner of your mouth. And Dan, when you got the chin impl implants to be more like Popeye, <laughs> that was when you're going too far. And I had to – remember when I came to your house and I had to stop you from poking one of your eyes out to make you more like Popeye? And I, I was do like, remember that, Dan, yeah. you're going too far. I was deep far. into character by that point. I was just muttering half uh, <laughs> half audible things to myself. Yeah, but I'll, never, I'll never forget. <laughs> and we, were, we were sitting at dinner one – I think I, we just did the two worst Popeye yeah, impressions. Yeah, we're terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's me, Popeye. <laughs> like it sounds more like Bluto. Yeah. Hello, love. It's me, Popeye. Uh, it is me. How you say, uh, Popeye? Oh, yes, yes. Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. So yeah, Dan Lauren, you can just reach out to us here. <laughs> put us on Lauren, your terrible show when you do more Popeye sketches. <laughs> Lauren Michaels, like, how do I get someone who can do a Popeye? He's always in the news. There's nothing more topical. <laughs> It's me, Popeye. No, it's not going to cut it. Sorry, I Colin. I thought we had someone who could do a Betty Boop, but they, it turns out they had that disease where their head's really big and, uh, <laughs> and uh, less said about that, the better. It turned out they had sexy baby Asia, which is the, which is the disease that makes you a sexy baby. Mm. Or sexy baby Stesia. Uh, now, Dan, there, and the worst of it, thank you, the worst of it, Dan, was when I walked, when we had dinner and you ordered the spinach and you were stuffing it into a pipe trying to eat it that way and you ended up choking on it and I had to give you the Heimlich, yeah. And mm -hmm. you said, if only I could give myself the Heimlich with these huge, Forearms, <laughs> too yep. hard to do. Yeah. Uh, I say something. Well, we're going to move on soon, but uh, say something nice about your trainer. Why do you like your, your trainer in particular? Oh, uh, well, like me, he's a Pisces. Okay. <laughs> this is uh, the other. The other day, Stuart, you do is in danger of becoming who you are. <laughs> I, the other day, the other day, Stuart, uh, my wife asked me, 
does Stuart, is he really believing in horoscope stuff? Does he really believe in astrology? And I'm like, I think it started as a bit, but now he does. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, well, uh, he, I don't know. Like, I feel like we we get along. We, uh, he's, he's like 25. So I can see like his youthful enthusiasm wears off on me. And also it's fun to sp- like it's fun to spend time and work with somebody who's at a different place in their life and a place that I'd been in some ways. And like, he's helping me uh, become more of an athlete. And I, I feel like I'm helping him become more of a grown up. <laughs> I'm like, no, you, you don't have to go to the cheapest restaurant all the time. You can maybe take your date to a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't go to Panda Express. Maybe go to Panda, mm-hmm. take your time. <laughs> Panda relaxed. <laughs> Panda, what do you got to do later? They, they have high-protein <laughs> meals at nice restaurants, too. Uh, well, thank you, Stuart. Uh, Elliot, what, what, I, I asked you or for Or Elliot, things. as I pronounce it. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> what did I yeah. say? Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I was thinking of Halliot, <laughs> your celebrity couple name, if that you was, were that was a, a pair. A, there was one time when Hallie and I were uh, were pitching a TV show, and I wanted the title to be Halliot, and people were like, <laughs> we don't know what this means. And I'm like... Well, nobody knew what a Seinfeld was either, you know, or a Becker, but they still, you know. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure seasons. what a Becker is. And uh, <laughs> Blank Check did like several bits about it. The Becker's the- that fucking guy that hangs out with Dr. Bunsen yeah, Honeydew. T- <laughs> <laughs> what a, that I- would be amazing if Ted Danson was playing that part. Yeah. yeah, that's for the whole first season. They's the like, thing. wait, it's a different guy. Here's, well, they both wear <laughs> doctor's coats. Here's what I know about Becker, a show that was on a network and I think went for at least six seasons, oh, yeah. uh, if not more. Yeah, uh, it's it's got Ted Danson. He's the he's mm-hmm. the titular Becker. I think. He's Becker. He's a doctor. Uh-huh. Yep, Doctor Becker. And I, and I think, guys, this will blow your mind. I think he's a little cranky. <laughs> oh. He's a cranky doctor. And that's that's Becker for you. <laughs> cool. Okay. When's it gonna have its like research? Is it? Are we part of the new Becker sons? <laughs> well, kind of yeah. like how Frazier got a. <laughs> like I said, uh, we're the second uh, Brooklyn-based movie podcast to bring it up. That's within. one more, and it's a trend called the New York Times Style Section. <laughs> yeah. Do an article about Becker is back. <laughs> Becker's back, baby. <laughs> Buffo bo. Becker's back. He never left. Says Ted Danson, who has been staying at our house. <laughs> <laughs> who is whose condition has rapidly deteriorated and he just talks about Becker all the time. He thinks he's Becker now all the time. It, uh, our life has turned upside down, says Mary Steen Virgin through tears. <laughs> I married Ted, not Becker. <laughs> the full quote for the headline the Inquirer. <laughs> um, anyway. Mary Steen Virgin. Quote, uh, parentheses, clutching clutching the Academy Award that many people forget she won as a young woman. C- uh, cried What'd to our reporter. What'd she win for? She won it for, um, it was for uh, uh, Melvin and Howard, I think it was. The movie oh. about uh, Howard Hughes and um, good one. Melvin the Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She won it for best uh, stunts and effects, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, she won an, animated award, an Academy Award for animated short. Yeah. Okay, for uh, for taunt whistle, uh, Toot Whistle Plunk Boom or whatever that, that Disney, <laughs> what about music is. Let's leave the early works of Jonathan Dimby behind us for just a moment and ask oh, sure, Elliot, sure. back when you had more time to do stuff, uh, what, what, what was a thing that you enjoyed to do just for yourself? Uh, let me see if I can think that far back. Uh, let me check my old calendars. Hold on. Mm-hmm. 
Nope. Nope. Hey, no, doing cross work. I love it. Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you something that I've just started doing again recently. So things that I've I always like to take long walks. I love to take long walks. I love to walk around. At my neighborhood in LA is not conducive to long walks because eventually yeah. I will hit a freeway and my schedule is not conducive to long walks. Luckily, the uh, AMPTP has decided that the writers, the Writers Guild of America, should spend weeks walking in circles in front of their buildings. So mm -hmm. uh, I've been doing that. But uh, recently, I went back to an old love of mine that will sound very boring, which is when I was a kid, I really loved those logic puzzles where you get at, like five clues and you have to figure out like which person wore what color tie on what day of the week or something like that. And you have to do it through partly through deduction and partly through working the grid that you mark off uh, where uh -huh. the answers are. And so now I've decided in the morning and sometimes at night I'm going to decompress or recompress by mm -hmm. doing one of those. And it's been a really nice way to um, give myself a few minutes of just like a few minutes that are not work and are not parenting and cannot in any way be – turns towards a practical purpose. Like the thing I love doing more than anything else is reading because I'm a big nerd. But I often find now that when I'm reading something, what I'm reading will either be research for something I'm working on or will be in some way, it's hard not to read something and be like, oh, is there something I can do with this? How can, that, how can this inspire me in my own work? And with these logic puzzles, it's like, there is no way this can be connected to my work at all, which is really nice. Um, and so that's something I've been doing for myself, purely for what enjoyment. What if you have to solve a logic mystery in the course of your writing? <laughs> oh, you're right. That's a good you're point. Right. You know what? Forget it. It's work now. Yeah, I don't do it. It's just more work. Thank you. I now, appreciate what, that. Elliot. Yeah, what if you get an email and it's it's Ryan Johnson? He's like, hey, I need help come up with a logic puzzle for Knives Out 3. And you're like, I'm not no scab. You can't get around the... I mean, WGA if you ask me like now, that? I would say, no, you can't do that. I would say, wait till uh -huh. the strike is over, Ryan, and then I'll help you. Because I feel like Glass Onion could have used a little bit more of a mystery, mm. considering it was exactly what everyone thought it was going to be. And then the hero said, this is dumb, out loud. And when the hero is saying that the mystery of the movie is dumb, <laughs> maybe there's a, maybe the movie no, is not quite as strong as it could be. You're on that side of that argument. Mm, yeah, I'm maybe here. the movie's just not for you, Elliot. It's very – I enjoyed it. While I was watching it, I enjoyed it. And then after it was over, I was like, oh, so there was no mystery in that mystery. LA, there was a painting of Brad Pitt from Fight Club but with Edward Norton's face over it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I also, I also felt like um, it, was, it was terrible that Ed Norton's character was killing people. But I don't know why the Mona Lisa had to suffer for that. I'm not sure what point mm, the movie was making about, mm. about that uh, we should destroy art to get back at – Rich people for hurting now, people. Something. Uh, we've gotten off topic, back onto our normal topic of movies. But I'm yeah. curious to know, Elliot, are you? Where do you stand on the Ocean's Twelve divide? Because I feel like there's a similar sense of this, is that the, none, of, none of this that, mattered. Is that the one where they? I haven't seen. Is that the one where Julia oh, okay. Roberts pretends to be Julia Roberts? Yes. That doesn't bother me as no. Much. That's but, not the. That's not what I'm talking about. I oh, don't want to okay. ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. But uh, I'm. Uh, don't worry. I'm not planning to see it anytime soon. <laughs> okay. Well, can I ruin it for you then? Like, yeah. It's sure. These, it's one of these things where spoiler alert for everyone listening. Like for Ocean's Twelve, the the heist that is thwarted uh, towards the end is is immaterial because as a series of uh, flashbacks show us, they actually just stole the thing they're battling, like stealing. Uh, with like the world's greatest thief, like they stole it way earlier on the train. Well, see uh, I, that, but that feels like a twist to me. That doesn't feel like an undoing. The same way that that like if it that feels like um uh a, like a later version of like the movie Gambit, where yeah. the first ten. You made 15, a movie about Gambit? No, but Channing Tatum <laughs> wants them to so badly. It would be yeah. so good. In it. Where this is a movie with with uh 
with Shirley MacLaine and Michael Caine. Uh, they had to be in the movie together because their names rhyme. Yeah. And they uh, MacLaine Caine gang. Yeah. Where the first like ten or fifteen minutes is them pulling off a heist perfectly, and then Michael mm-hmm. Caine says, "And that's how we're gonna do it." And the rest of the movie is them screwing up every single step of the plan as they go along. <laughs> that's a good. That's so, great. Like, so this it just feels like a reverse version of that, where that like that kind of a twist. You know, I, I don't mind that. I do, I mind okay. what I what I mind is in the is in what is it now you see me too where they're doing all that unnecessary stuff to keep them from finding that, that microchip where it's like if you just don't keep throwing it to each other <laughs> they're never gonna find yeah. it like why are you making it easier for them to catch you well on a similar are note, you the Marx Brothers I guess like the Marx Brothers do that stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm spoiling everything it's a compulsion <laughs> yeah uh, today I'm I'm halfway through Stephen King's book Billy Summers and maybe this gets explained later on but the whole mm-hmm. setup of the book is mm-hmm. like. Okay, you're, we're going to put you in this town to assassinate this guy. Now we're going to like we're going to embed you really early, so like everyone thinks of you as this writer, this mild mannered writer, and uh, you know you'll just be part of the community when this happens. And I'm just like, this is the worst way to do an assassination: roll into a town, shoot someone, roll <laughs> out. Like yeah. this does not make any sense, Stephen King. I know you're working hard to make it make sense, and I still enjoy reading it, but this is nonsense. Uh, no, it's interesting to me because I'm on the other side of Ocean. Sw- like I enjoy watching the movie because it's a lark with a bunch of stars in the same way that I think you enjoy Glass Onion because it's a lark with a bunch of stars. But I find it deflating to be like, oh, all that stuff I was watching didn't mean anything. Whereas at least in Glass Onion, I think he's making a point when he does that. At least he's trying to. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, we wasted a lot of time on... Uh, irrelevant stuff. So I'll ask you just one follow-up, Elliot. Why- I mean, Dan, while you were talking about rolling into town and rolling out, it did make me think of Jack Reacher. And then I started thinking of a character named Jack Creature, who's the mm-hmm. animal version of Jack Reacher. Have they done yep. that yet? <laughs> no, but Animaniacs would be fucking silly for that shit. <laughs> oh, they would love it. Animaniacs, get uh, on this. Or the late Mad Magazine. Um, uh, uh, Where is ask? Mad Magazine? They were supposed to be here an hour ago. <laughs> uh, oh, You could do any number of things that uh, don't, relate directly to your your work. Uh, what do you think it is that drew you to this in particular? To the logic puzzles thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, someone gave me a book of these damn puzzles and I enjoyed doing it. So I was like, <laughs> hey, here's something I used to like doing. And I was in a, I was in a bookstore with my older son and we saw, we were getting something for, for I think we we're getting a present for my wife and for her, for Mother's Day, I think. And we saw those and my son was like, you should get one. Like he was very adamant yeah. that I should get one. And so I did. You know, it, even then I was, I'm looking for the permission of a nine-year-old to, for things that I can do to enjoy mm-hmm. myself, but you know. I think I, I would have Everybody guess. needs somebody in their life that indulges them in their habits. Yes. You know? Now, now my older son also just loves spending money on things. If you oh. can buy, he never, he doesn't ask for souvenirs when we go traveling, but if he can spend money on anything else, he will. <laughs> he just Meanwhile, likes to throw money into the Grand Canyon. And yeah. he's like, that's he's my like souvenir. Instead, he's like, instead of a souvenir, I'll just throw 25 of your dollars into the Grand Canyon. And I'm like, uh, I mean, I guess if it still brings you enjoyment, but, and uh, meanwhile, my younger son likes things. It's not the act of spending money. He just likes things and he doesn't care what the price is. So for instance, when we saw that there was an, a, uh, an elephant bird egg 
that was on sale for $26,000. This is an extinct type of giant flightless bird. Okay. One of the eggs is still around. He has been badgering me for weeks now to buy him this egg. And I, we do not have $26,000 to spend on an old egg. I keep telling him that. And he keeps saying, but it's not that much. And it's a good egg. <laughs> and so, <laughs> guys, how do, I, how do I make the money to do this? I got to get this I money. I think go fund me of some kind. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say that before, like, I would hazard a guess, Elliot, that you and I were two, were both two different flavors of childhood know-it-all. And uh, mm -hmm. the idea of being smart was very important to us. So sure. I would guess that logic puzzles like give you that feeling of like, I'm a genius. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I mean, oh Bugs Meanie, you I'm thought you were necessarily now. I'm, I'm not saying necessarily now. Mules I think that, can't have children, and that's why you're going to jail now, I Bugs just, Meanie. <laughs> I just know that for myself, when I was a kid, that was the appeal for sure. Oh. Maybe. I think, I mean, I never, I've never been a, a counter to Stuart and maybe, it, or Stuart's current self. Uh, and maybe it's because I have to take a page from Stuart's book. That book of called is, uh, is, <laughs> is called Two Boys Says Do You To You. Uh, and it's all about <laughs> yeah. how you should be your best self, according to Stuart. Uh, yeah. the, the, uh, the, I should take a, I've never been comfortable in my own physical body or liked my own physical body. I feel like it's my enemy that I've had to fight every step of the way. And logic puzzles are entirely a non- physical, entirely mental thing. But I need to take a page from Stuart and get back in touch with this old husk and shell of mine that I, that my soul is imprisoned in. And maybe I'll find a way that I enjoy it more. Yeah, I think you should. Well, you know what? Good That's a you. good uh, segue kind of, let me talk a little bit about what I'll bring to the table for this first half of the mini. Because uh, so far it's been minimal, day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just talking about... Spoiling Stephen King books. Uh, it's like Stuart's <laughs> like, let me talk about my feelings about myself and how I've helped that. And I'm like, hey, let me talk about the few minutes I can find to myself. And you're like, well, Ocean's 12 has a little bit of a disappointing <laughs> twist in it. The fourth time I watch <laughs> Now You See Me too, <laughs> Which is eight Now You See Me, so if you do the math. Four um, times two. Well, it's not quite as good a transition now because we've been <laughs> saying a bunch of garbage in between. But I also... Uh, you know, never had the greatest relationship with my body. I was, uh, like Stuart, I was a chubby kid. Uh, unlike Stuart, I am returning to my natural form <laughs> as I grow older <laughs> after a, a period during which I look at myself in old photos. I'm like, wow, I was uh, quite slender and I thought I was fat. So there must have been just some dysmorphia going on from when I was um, young. I'm actually, you know, now much more comfortable uh, where I'm at, even though I don't know for myself, yeah, you've been doing yoga, right? A little bit. Well, that's what I'm about to bring up: yoga, mm -hmm. an exercise that is not uh, going to burn a ton of calories, say, because it's not cardio or or what. But it is something or Cardi that B. I not cardio <laughs> or Cardi B. But I I have been enjoying. Or Cardi it. A. I just recently got into doing it. Um, yeah, all the times I tried it in the past were either in college, it was not, uh, I was something I was taking as a physical course because we had to uh, mm -hmm. take a certain number of those. And um, then I would just sort of try and do it at home to videos, which was never uh, that much uh, fun. But there's a place around the corner now from uh, where we moved. Videos of yoga, not like videos of Terminator 2 or something. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do yoga <laughs> to Terminator 2. And I'm like, uh, what how I'm doing does he go through the, those bars like that? I yeah, can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> doing yoga to 
videos of Jackie Chan gifts. <laughs> <laughs> But Dan, Dan's like, I can't tell if Jackie Chan is in these gifts or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, it's just there's a place around the corner uh, for a flat fee. You can get unlimited classes for a, a month. Um, I have been, I would say I'm a couple months into to doing yoga three times a week for one hour during those days. And um, I find that it has... Made me feel better physically. Obviously, there are like there's specific reasons I chose yoga in that I have a lot of joint issues and um, because you, you mean, you mean your marijuana addiction, yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and an unexpected well, I mean, that goes great with yoga, <laughs> a fondness for pot. Uh, no, I. I like I was joint issues. I had some other physical ailments that actually have mysteriously like gotten a lot better since I've been doing it. So I'm like, oh, this is oh, that's good great. for me. Yeah. Uh, but also the thing that made me almost immediately be interested in it and enjoy it in a way that I've never enjoyed exercise before is I felt like it was elevating my mood specifically, which is a thing that people talk about with exercise, but I've never felt as directly. And I think there's something about the way it, like, works the whole body, you know, like, slowly and methodically and has a lot in common with meditation that mm-hmm. has allowed me to regulate my emotions more effectively, which has always been one of my big <laughs> issues. Like, I, I, I rarely, like, stay mad at anyone, but I can get mad quickly, <laughs> and that's not a good way to— so it's, it's like pa- like patience and stuff like that. Yeah, or? I would say so. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm bringing. Uh, in lieu of questions, let's uh, talk about a few people that sponsor our show. And by people, I mean corporations, because I'm Mitt Romney. (laughs) (laughs) A a reference that gets older and and harder for people to remember as time goes on. Hey, remember there was this thing called the 2012 election. and This is the curse, Elliot, I think, of like having worked on The Daily Show, because like when those things were big, we would hammer them over and over for so long. And then, (laughs) then they become like, you know, like, key references for us, whereas other people are like, what? <laughs> anyway, I mean, like, I still remember Mitt Romney's famous joke, famous joke, favorite joke, also famous to me, famous about how <laughs> there's no place like Chrome for the Hollandaise. <laughs> yeah, because we saw so much footage of him telling that joke at campaign stops. Uh, uh, and he would always look. tell it, he would always tell it like, Wait till, wait till you get a load of this. Hold on a second. You're going to love this. Like, hey, he puts on he was, his stinker face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, puts his finger to his to his lips like, ooh. Uh, but speaking of sponsors, if you want to uh, laugh at our references, um, even if you don't understand them, maybe microdose gummies are right for you <laughs> because our show today is sponsored by them. <laughs> microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Um, hey, I was just talking about emotional regulation. Look, I mean, obviously, you you know, you never want any sort of uh, thing that you're taking to become a crush. But I found that uh, a little uh, microdose gummy also helps even out my temperament in a way that has uh, been helpful to my life and mm-hmm. uh, has allowed me to sort of think through. 
my relationships with empathy uh, that sometimes my normal brain for some reason cannot access. <laughs> uh, I don't know whether it would be the same for you. I'm just talking about my personal experience. Uh, and that is uh, sometimes what, what's, what, what sells. So I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. It's been helpful. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP, that's F-L-O-P, to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show's description, but again, that is microdose.com, code FLOP. We are also sponsored this week by Soylent. Let's face it, everybody. We're living in the future. So why are we still eating the same foods as our ancient ancestors? Mm -hmm. Cavemen had all the time in the world to hunt for food, cook it, chew each bite 30 times before swallowing. I'm a busy modern person. (laughs) I don't have time for all that. That's where Soylent comes in. Soylent is the leading name in food technology, making delicious and nutritious body fuel products in convenient, drinkable, or travelable formats because you can take it with you places. Do you want a whole meal but you don't have time or energy to make a whole meal? Try the Soylent Complete Meal, a convenient ready-to-drink shake with 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, one for each step in the Hitchcock Classic of the same name, and 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates all in one serving. On the go, need a quick burst of nutrition? How about Soylent Squared, the 100-calorie nutrition bar? Just like Albert Einstein said, eat equals Soylent Squared. That's his famous (laughs) theory of nutritionability. Soylent's, Near spit take. <laughs> yeah. Soylent's incredibly fast and easy and perfect for people like me who hate cooking but love keeping my body alive. I don't want to spend my whole morning or lunchtime laboriously assembling food. Do you? No, of course not. So go to Soylent.com slash flop and use code flop. That's F-L-O-P to get 20% off your first Soylent order. That's Soylent.com slash flop with the code flop for 20% off your first order of the food of the future today. Yep. <laughs> Ellie, and was there one other thing you wanted to say? There was one other thing. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we are doing a series of online live streaming shows that we're calling Flop TV. That's right. It's kind of like if the Flop House had our own TV show. So we're doing uh-huh. six one-hour-ish episodes uh, that are going to be once a month. It's uh, mostly the first Saturday of every month except for September to avoid Labor Day. And in each yeah. of these episodes, we'll be tackling some of the most requested and most talked about bad movies in history, in the history of bad movies, that is. And they're all movies we have not done before. These are all new movies to us, but movies we have mentioned many times, maybe without having seen them. Which movies are they? In August, we're talking Beastmaster 2 through the portal of time. That's mm. our first one. In September, it's Cool World. In October... <gasps> It's I know Stuart Stuart oh, oh, Stuart don't orgasm too much wait till the, wait for the episode uh, in October it's an all American meat double feature of Hamburger the motion picture and Hot Dog the movie the two movies that needed subtitles so people would know they were not food at the movie theater in yeah. November it's Over the Top maybe the greatest sports movie ever made about arm wrestling in December it's Ballistic X versus Sever the movie that finally brought America's favorite IP characters X and Sever to the big screen for the first time and in January. Ugh, damn it. The January is Nuki. <laughs> We're doing Nuki in January. Ugh, God. A movie oh I've seen God. way too many times, considering it's the second worst movie I've ever seen. Dan and Sue, have you ever seen Nuki before? No. What a way to celebrate the changing of the year. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I feel like I've seen year. Nuki because, and I say this without you know, any ire. This is a thing that happens when you work with someone in a comedy show uh, for se- for over a decade. But uh-huh. I've seen your presentation on Nuki at least nine times. Oh, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. The, the presentation where the central message is, do not watch Nuki. Yeah, we're going to be watching it. 
for January. I, you know, every year you have this, you go into New Year's with a little bit of hope that maybe the next year is going to be better than the the, <laughs> the suffering and trauma that you just have gone through in the past year. Uh, you know, often overlooking all the good things that happened. But then you realize a few days later you're going to be watching and talking about Nuki. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So don't don't let don't let us waste our time alone. Come and join us. Waste your time with us. Tickets are available for each individual show, depending on when you can see it. But there's also a discounted season pass. You can get a season pass to the entire slate of six shows at a discount. That makes it like you're getting an extra show. It's like six shows for the price of five. So go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com. Again, that's theflophouse.simpleticks.com to buy your tickets now to these shows. They've been selling like hotcakes since we first announced them. I can't wait to put these shows out. I'm really excited about it. It is a streamlined, uh, I think, less uh, patience pushing uh, for the audience a version of these shows. It's going to be really fun. And I think Dan and Stu and I are excited to bring a new level of energy and excitement to these classic bad movies. Guys, is there anything you want to say about Flop TV other than the fact that tickets are at theflophouse.simpleticks.com before we go back to the show? Yeah, so if nobody buys tickets, do we not have to watch a new game? <laughs> no, you still have to watch. Actually, you know what? If nobody wa- buys tickets, I can say this because people have already bought a lot of tickets. <laughs> if nobody buys tickets, you do- you don't have to watch Nuki, yeah. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say I have to watch it twice. <laughs> yeah, but they, but they already bought the tickets, so he has to watch Nuki anyway. Oh, no. What is up, people of the world? Do you have an argument that you keep having with your friends and you just can't seem to settle it and you're sitting there arguing about whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars or you can't decide what is the best nut or can't agree on what is the best cheese? Stop doing that. Listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal only on Max Fun. Your topics asked and answered objectively, definitively for all time. So don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. They can be anywhere, at your office, in your car, and they are wrong. My mom says that the gray house didn't exist, but she's wrong. He just does it wrong. Someone in your life is wrong about something. Something small, something weird, something vitally important. Only one person has the courage to tell them just how wrong they are. You know what you did was wrong, but your daughter is a liar who eats garbage. (laughs) (laughs) They call me Judge John Hodgman. Listen to me on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. If someone in your life is doing you wrong, don't just take it. Take it to court. Submit your case at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Uh, now, let's get back to the the, the, the meat of the show. Um, okay. We were just spending time on, what, the lettuce? Yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. lettuce of the That's show. The lettuce, yeah. And a little you bit of onions. <laughs> yeah, you, you, <laughs> eat your veggies. Um, onions. They're vegetables. Yeah, speaking of which, I mean, I could talk about, I'm going to reverse the order back around. Uh, and, snake and, draft. And I'll kick this one off. Um, and I could talk about uh, laboriously assembling meals, which is a thing that I enjoy. Don't do it. Soilit.com slash flop. It's called cooking, and I do it. Uh, but I think I'll talk about instead uh, drawing. And I think that, um, I guess... To, to analyze myself, the through line that I have with the things that I enjoy, and I I see it with you guys and stuff too, is that it is kind of a way to be creating something, to be doing something active while shutting your brain down. Um, 
and drawing, you know, like you're not shutting your brain down, but you're accessing it an entirely kind of different part of it. And and it was a thing that I did a lot as a kid. It was probably my first like and most obvious talent. And then of course I tacked away from that because why do the easy thing? Mm-hmm. Um you know, why stick with the thing that you're most clearly good at? And so I went into uh, performing and writing instead. But uh, mm-hmm. which are, which you suck at? Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> that's the part of it that builds character. You're a lot like Harrison Bergeron. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to weigh myself down. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's a thing that I didn't do a lot of for a few years. Um, or almost like a decade, probably as an adult. Like first, I just got too far into, you know, like once I was writing professionally, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna like my energy is over here now. And then there was a time that I think I was maybe a little down and I didn't want to do anything. <laughs> um, but then I got back into it during the pandemic in a way that was a lot more, um intentional i would draw pretty much every day and i also took a couple of zoom classes uh as a way of kind of during the pandemic it was like well you know we have we have this time now some of us at least who then like were working from home i know a lot of people didn't have that luxury uh but we can't go and do things so i took some figure drawing classes Mm -hmm. and was doing it regularly and really started loving it again. And uh, I, you know, largely self-taught, you know, other than these classes. Like, you know, I had art in high school and college, but I was yeah. not like an art student. Um, you didn't go to art school. He didn't yeah. have a beret. Uh, yeah, no goatee. But it's been interesting to see, I think when you, that, when you smoked, you put the cigarettes between two fingers like a, an American and you didn't hold it yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. like a Nazi or a Frenchman mm-hmm. between two curled <laughs> fingers, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> or with a big uh, cigarette holder. Wealthy person or a villain. Or a Nazi again. Yeah, you didn't have a monocle. You weren't the penguin, basically. You weren't wearing a black turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I, I when think you they, When you liked something, you <laughs> applauded, you clapped your hands, you didn't snap your fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we are broadcasters and um, it's more interesting to sort of draw a moral from uh, these things, I think that if I were to analyze why I got a lot better, I think, at drawing when I was older, mm-hmm. uh, was that it's interesting to see how different creative fields influence one another. Because mm. in writing, I had to be taught, especially at The Daily Show, um, 98% of your work will will and can and will be thrown away at any time. You can't get it too attached to anything. And it was kind of a nice attitude to bring into drawing where, like, I was not as hung up on the goal. Like, I think you have to, to get better at something. You have to get to enjoy the process, too, or else you're always going to be speeding towards the goal. You're always going to be taking shortcuts or not learning or pushing yourself. Uh, so you have to learn to enjoy doing the thing. Um, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, Elliot, back around to you. 
Um, so, but I have a question. So okay. I remember one of the, when I first met you, Dan, uh, it was in college and one of the, one what's, of the what's ways. So, wait, what song should we put over the montage that we're <laughs> fading into about of you guys meeting? Or the yeah. flashback, uh, Probably <laughs> Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches. Yeah, not, so, <laughs> not all along the watchtower because then you'll think that we're it's flashing back to our time in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you don't need that. <laughs> this isn't that episode of Euphoria where they do a flashback that must be the 90s, but the whole thing is shot and scored like it's a fucking 70s. It's crazy. Um, okay, okay, so I'm just so, going to pick To the Moon and Back by Savage Garden. Okay, great. That's the perfect. song that's playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, when when we first met, you were doing a comic strip for mm-hmm. the school paper, uh, the school, the college newspaper, and uh, the, the Earlham Word, it was Earlham called. Word, yeah, Earlham Word. And your, I your have a collection was, of that comic strip. <laughs> it's consensus, true. right? Was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was good stuff. Uh, and ha- so, do you do you have an intention of doing more strip work, or do you do you just like doing like one off illustrations? Or because I've I've seen a lot of your stuff, uh, but I haven't seen you do m- many strips since then. That's true. I I, I used you to do, do a lot, lot of, of one comic panel comics now. strips. Yeah, I I used to not like one panel comics just as my like personal. You know, I, I don't know. Like, they never were as fu- funny to me as something that was so de- I developing a character. So I Gary Larson to be a guest. I mean, Gary, <laughs> you know, Farside, probably one of the best case scenarios. Like, I I like the Farside a lot, but it was not my thing compared to Strips. Uh, but now I just <laughs> I just want to do single gags and, like, sure. not worry about. I don't know. I just don't want to worry about developing a story. And, like, I do that with on the other side with writing. Like uh-huh. I'm not as interested in it when I'm illustrating. It also means thing. that you don't have to draw the same character multiple times and have yeah. any continuity. Have them yeah. look weird. Figure out what uh, they look like from different angles. Uh, oh, speaking of which, I, you know, I might as well plug myself. If you want to see yeah. my- Whoa, whoa, it's... on camera, Dan, you can do whatever you want <laughs> in your private life, but on hey. camera- No, I'm into it. I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, guys. everyone's curious. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> I have an Instagram called- uh, Dan McCoy draws. Uh, if you want to look at anything, I I don't really make my personal Instagram totally open to everyone uh, because you know you got to have some privacy. But this one's open, so if you want to uh-huh. see Dan McCoy draw Dan McCoy's drawings, you can go to Dan. McCoy now draws. it's just going to make people want to be in that person Instagram yeah, even more. Yeah. Now they made it so forbidden. The one where <laughs> you plug yourself, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot. Elliot, what else do you do? To bring yourself joy. I'm going to say, Dan, it's going to be like I'm stealing a page out of your book. <laughs> your sketchbook, that is. Because oh. I've also started drawing again. Oh. Uh, hey. Drawing was also something that that came to me very easily when I was younger. I won the art award uh, from the, my graduating class in high school. And then I kind of because you, you drew uh, you did, drew that painting of the uh, of the different Joker eras all sitting around <laughs> playing cards. Yeah, exactly. It was it was they're all playing cards together in a and like Scarface is there and James Gandolfini. And <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and so Trump they for some reason Joker or what is it? It's the, it's, uh, it's wild. Yeah, so Scarface is there, James Gandolfini, yeah, and, uh, and Martin Col- Scorsese is sitting yeah, there. Col- uh, Columbo's there because he set aside his <laughs> hatred of crime for one night to yeah. enjoy Sport the cards. Coppola's in the background. Yeah, and. A of course, uh, and James Madison, and uh-huh. the the so I so I I really wanted to specialize on art that would hang up in delis, diners, and pizzerias, and so Ooh, cool. that's why <laughs> uh, that's why I, uh, I did a series where it was uh, 
Elvis Presley, Humphrey Bogart, Marilyn Monroe, and James Dean looking at pictures of James Gandolfini and oh, and, and cool. Don Corleone playing cards. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So the uh, no, I but then once I focused on writing, similar to Dan, I fo- I started focusing on writing and drawing fell by the wayside. And it was something that I was good at it, but I was never going to be great at it. And so I was like, why am I bothering with this? There are always people who I'll never be El Greco. There will always be artists better than me. And now I'm picking it up without a feeling of competition, without a feeling of this is going to be part of my career in any way. And my wife got me a – I told her once, we went to a, like a fancy stationery store, and they had these great, very expensive sketchbooks. And I was like, I wish I could get one of these, but I feel like I'd be too held back by the pressure that the pictures that I was drawing would have to – be good enough to justify being in a sketchbook like that, especially yeah. since eventually I'll just fill it up. Like it's not, it's not going to last me forever. And for, as part of my birthday present last year, she got me a very nice sketchbook and like these kind of Japanese pencils that are really great. Cool. And so I've just been kind of drawing stuff in that. I do a lot of drawing pictures from photographs. I'll draw pictures of animals. I'll draw pictures of like old Hollywood people. I've been working on, Try doing doing multiples of this one image of Groucho Marx that I want to get really good at, and that has been a good way to, like we're saying, to do do creative work that is not for a professional purpose or for a goal, but is just in enjoying the process of it. Um, but I need to carve out more time to do that because I'll often save it till the end of the day, and then I'm too tired. Uh, and the idea of looking at a thing and then trying to replicate it is exhausting. But sometimes you can just lose yourself in drawing a lot of scales when you're copying a picture of a monitor, monitor lizard. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's super fun, very uh, I, hypnotic. I don't want to push you beyond your comfort levels, but I haven't seen any of these drawings. So if there's ever any one that you particularly like, I would love to see it. But you sure, don't have sure. to. I'll send it to you. Well, I want to see all this on, fucking monitor lizard. They're, yeah, all on my, they're, they're all on my Instagram feed, Elliot Draws. Now, Dan, I've preemptively blocked you from seeing oh, what? that feed. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, the, uh, I'll, I'll send you some pictures of those. Uh, but uh, they're not... Not for fully public consumption, because then I'll feel pressure sure. for them to be good, you know. No, I know. I honestly, once I started my Instagram feed, I felt like a, a, a minor, <laughs> a minor lessening of my joy. But I also, I don't know. I like having a place that I can sort of put all this stuff. Um, and speaking of wives giving art uh, uh, gifts, uh-huh, yeah, I want to plug a great gift that I got for my birthday from Audrey, where there's mm-hmm. this. Uh, book that is a bunch of colorful smudges, <laughs> basically. Colorful watercolor smudges that you are then encouraged to doodle on top of. Uh, you know, whatever Rorschach-like you see in the thing, you add some lines. And it's, uh, I found that, you know, it's not the same level of full creativity maybe that you get out of drawing your own thing, but it has led to a lot more like whimsical drawings with a lot of movement and motion that I think That's are great. cool. So did I did I ever get you that uh Ivan Brunetti cartooning book? Uh I don't it, it's like based on the the course he taught. I oh, have yeah. it. I, I don't know whether book. you got it from me or whether I I've I've done at least some of the lessons in it and mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um so I'm not going to talk about drawing, although that was something that I used to do. Um, but it's not something that is now. Really it's part just of my something life. that you <clears throat> used to do. Yeah, Elliot, you should, I'm surprised you didn't say singing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, this singing that's a everybody professional knows about. Thing, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, this um, is a professional thing. And also I do that not just for my enjoyment, but for the irritation of others, which I guess is a source of enjoyment for me. But. <laughs> yeah, going back to The Daily Show again, I remember fondly standing in line behind Elliot as he would sing about every uh, dish that was in front of him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the, yeah, everybody else was just like tapping their toes and mm-hmm. closing their eyes to oh, lose themselves would, in the music. Oh, would stop. The, until I was done, and people Elliot's would just cheer. singing again. They'd say, they yell down the hall. Get to the lunchroom. Elliot singing. Uh huh. Yeah, it's about so, yeah. Somebody this time. Somebody runs to a phone, so they call the local radio station. <laughs> well, uh, I know they're going to call their cousin Marvin Barry and tell them about. They go, you know that song. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they go, this it's your cousin Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for, the one you want to use to torture people at Guantanamo Bay. Well, listen to this, and I'm just going like broccoli, broccoli. What am I gonna have? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sir. What are you? What? What's your thing that you're introducing? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think uh, the thing is, is that I think I think a through line for all of us is that working in a that we're lucky enough to have a uh, have like a career in a creative field, but it also part of the downside is that it leads us all to kind of see every creative work we do as a potential like avenue for business or yes. a job, and I. I have to work really hard to not do that. So uh, I I do a lot of model painting and I do some uh, like role-playing game stuff. And while I've done role-playing game stuff on, uh, you know, on on our bonus content, and it's great and you should check it out. Um, the It's important to me to also have a space for doing those things where it's there's no performance to it. I mean, there's performance, but there's no like, I'm not doing this for anyone else other than me and the people that I'm playing a game with. It's important I feel like to it's, me to have that outlet. That you need you need something that's creative where you're not thinking, can I make money off of this? Yeah. Is this something that that I can that eventually will lead to a, a payday or a professional bump or something like that? And it's it's nice to have a place like that where I can uh with like role playing stuff that I can experiment and I can uh I don't have to worry about you know, being able to present a finished product to anyone. And when it comes to like model painting, it's something, model painting is actually kind of interesting for me is that like, it's really helpful for me to have, like put myself under strict goals. Like I paint Warhammer models that you use to play in war war games. And I don't have a lot of time to play games anymore. But now what do I, uh, now I schedule games as an excuse to give me a deadline. So I like, push myself to get stuff done. And then when I actually get that stuff done, it feels really great. Uh, and it that sense of accomplishment's really cool. And then I I kind of move on to the next thing. I don't like, I don't like sit around forever like looking at the thing I painted. It's just like feeling like I accomplished something, even if it's in some ways trivial, it still feels good. And it gives me that like the whatever the is it serotonin? What is it? The dopamine boost? Whatever the thing is that makes you feel like I did something good. Ketamine. It's called. Yeah, it's the ketamine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. Naturally occurring ketamine. Yeah. <sighs> well, this has been really sweet. You know what? I'm glad we did this in part because I don't get to talk to you enough as friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I we we're always it. talking it's about all business over here. Uh, well, this so. is this is the other lesson is when you when you also we're lucky enough to do something professionally with our best friends, but it also means that you have to make time for the friendship mm-hmm. to not just be the professional thing. And we're not always the best at that. We can be guilty at, of uh, 
of making those things blur too much, especially since, guys, I've got a new business venture for us. Uh-huh. It's called Flophouse uh-huh. Rent-A-Friend. That's right. Uh-huh. So okay. it's a long-term rental where a Flophouse fan can rent one of us for years of friendship. And uh-huh. you get, depending on the package, depending on how big the package is. Sure. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this is sort of like a Truman Show cameo kind of mm, combo. Yeah, oh, cool. exactly. But we're aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that wait, sounds he wasn't aware of it. That seems like that seems pretty messed up. It Does anybody seems, else know about this? It seems uh, everybody in the world. It's the highest rated television show in the world. <laughs> but Truman didn't know about it. Yeah. Truman did the, not his know whole about life. It. Or did they grow him rapidly? Did they have technology to make him grow up? He started as a child. He was essentially a slave owned by Ed Harris and put on display Uh for the rest of the world. Yes, he did not have control over his own life. But he didn't know about it? But he didn't know about it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll watch the movie. I just now realized that (laughs) he's one He's 100% named Truman because that rhymes with human. I'm both mad oh. at the movie for it, and I'm mad at myself for not realizing it earlier. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it either. I didn't notice it either, but wow, that's amazing. But isn't this like the human show? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, th- ponder that while having your microdose gummies. Um <laughs> <laughs> this show is edited and produced by Alex Smith, who is uh, is doing it currently with one eye due to a, a surgery he had to do. I, I I'm I'm just saying this to say feel better, Alex. I hope it was okay. To say yeah, it, and so the audience well, he put knows it on his the, Twitter. I guess the, it's it's fine. The, but. So that the audience yeah, knows. Yeah, I mean, both. I talked to him the other day. He seems like he's recovering. Okay, good. I want the audience it doesn't to sound know as both. Horrifying as initially it sounded. What a hard worker he is. He's doing this. And also what bad bosses we are that we're yeah, making him do drivers. this. Yeah. He told us he could do it. We, yeah, but, but Dan, sometimes feel, people need permission to take yeah, time off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, Alex, you got it, but Alex, get this ready in time. Alex, if you need time off, tell me. Um, <laughs> and he'll say no. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much uh, for listening. Thank you to Maximum Fun. Go over to MaximumFun.org for other great shows on this podcast network. Uh, but for this episode of The Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm always Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'll be Elliot Kalen until I can find something better to be. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned, audience-supported.